Kia ora, and welcome to the series of podcasts let, called Let's Chat About, where I give experts working in dementia care across Aotearoa an opportunity to talk about a topic and share some of the evidence available. I'm Kathy Perry, Director of the Dementia Learning Centre at Alzheimer New Zealand. If you're interested in knowing more about the experts, please visit our website on the Alzheimer New Zealand site and um, here you'll find more about them and links to some more resources. Today, I'm actually inviting Alan to interview our guest. Alan, welcome. Hi. Thank you. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Ellen Bragger. I'm an occupational therapist and I work with Kathy here at the Dementia Learning Centre. And today we're talking to Orkidia from Somerset, who's the head of Therapeutic Recreation Services and the programme lead for Therapeutic Recreation, which is a mouthful, Orkidia, to say, isn't it? <laughs> Um, in this episode, we'll be chatting about how diversional therapists use recreation as a way of supporting individuals' self-determination and creating a sense of belonging. And I think here, Orkidia and I will probably share a lot because occupational therapists and diversional therapists really sing from that same song sheet. So yeah, welcome yeah. to the podcast, Orkidia, and thank you for taking the time to join us. Oh, thank um, you. Thank you for the invitation, guys. Um, I think what's really important is I know what a uh, recreational therapist is and, and diversional therapy is, but I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about what you do. Yeah, definitely. Um, so recreational therapy is a healthcare profession and uh, it utilizes a therapeutic process. So it involves leisure, recreation, and play has a primary tool to enhance people's quality of life, to optimize health, to enrich people's well-being but I think most importantly for me is using meaningful recreation to uphold people's mana or to support people's um, self-determination because this is pivotal to create a sense of belonging. Um, so recreational therapy uh, focuses on five main domains. In my case it's the emotional health, physical health, cognitive health, uh, social health, and spiritual health. And I consider recreational therapies meaning makers. Love that, memory makers. And I use the term diversional therapist. I think it would be nice. There is That is a term that's kind of used interchangeably. Would you like to get, explain that just a little bit, the difference? Yeah, definitely. So the um, profession in Aotearoa is diversional and recreational therapy. And it is more based on a historical context. Um, recreational therapy, well, diversional therapy was founded back in 1992. Um, and it started just as a form of just um, diverting people, I suppose. Um, and then throughout the years, it actually evolved to become a systematic process in which you have to do an assessment, you have to plan, you have to uh, implement the programs, you have to select intervention, you have to do evaluations. So it became from just doing diversional therapy to actually doing proper recreational therapy and properly using lesion recreation in a meaningful way um, to enhance people's quality of life and to support people to 
to achieve the goals. Um, and, and it became from just something that you do because someone might need kind of a distraction to actually utilize them. Recreation has a way to meaningfully engage the person in something that will give them a sense of belonging and purpose in life. Amazing. And I mean, that's where, I guess, in residential care, that's where recreational therapy is so important. And one of the key things we want to talk about today is that often, particularly for a person living with dementia, they can feel very disconnected when they move into, and even even after some time living in, in residential care, so you've you've touched on this a little bit, but how does the re- recreational therapist role help build a sense of belonging and thoughtful people? What how do, how do you do that? Yeah, so I um uh the training of the recreational therapist is actually focusing on the person and and what what makes a person tick. Um, it's it's not not looking at the acknowledging that there is a diagnosis, but it's actually focusing on, um. The, the life story of the person. There's a strong focus on the strengths. And for example, getting to know what is the preferred name because maybe they don't like to be called by the legal name. They, maybe they have a nickname. Um, they focus on, um, okay, what did they used to do before they move into, into care? What are the things that, um, that, what is the identity? What is the cultural heritage? What are the rituals that they have? What are the celebrations that they enjoy? What is a person's philosophy of life? Because regardless of having dementia or not, every person will have their own philosophy in life. Um, what are the family traditions? Uh, what is the occupation that they used to have? And look, when I say occupation, I'll tell you something funny. Um, when I have been working in HK, sometimes people will say, oh, he used to be a lawyer. And I'm like, he's a lawyer, right? Because as far as I'm aware, um, he's still a lawyer. Um, his occupation is still there and it's part of his identity. So as a recreational therapist, uh, we focus on domains that um, we get to, I suppose, use that into our advantage to support the person to continue to enjoy life until the end in the best possible way and to continue to enrich every single day. So we use things that make us happy, like as it might be a pet, it might be a meaningful conversation, it might be a game, it might be someone that is into maths, uh, therefore you also need to use your cognitive abilities, it might be languages, so you really focus on what makes the person tick. Yeah. And I guess in residential care, that sense of being able to um, have self-determination and direct your time and yourself what you're the example you're sort of talking about really here is that recreational therapists understand the person and create time and space for them to still be who they they've always been but yes. in a new environment okay yeah do you have sort of a practical or a, maybe one or two examples of um how that that's been achieved is there someone that comes to mind or an example that you can can share with us yeah no definitely um i mean we we don't have a lot of examples but but like I said, the main thing is actually focusing on the strength of the person. What is the person is still um, um, capable of achieving and how we can support them to, to achieve that. I, I work with um, a lovely lady uh, in her 80s. And when she came into care, I 
um, I always look at the things that um, other professions might not look into, um, that maybe other professions might assume that a person is not able to do any longer. And I got this set of books that had that were um, not specifically designed for dementia, but they were just normal books. And what I did is I printed a, a copy of a page into an A3 size, big font. And I took a seat with the person and I started reading uh, one, one paragraph. I put it on the table and the lady started reading the next paragraph. One of the staff walked past and she actually was shocked because she assumed and this is sometimes the challenge that we face in care, people making assumptions that people cannot do things any longer simply because they have a diagnosis of dementia. So to me, it was about waking a dormant ability that she had. It was that um, people were not taking the time to explore that. And I knew about her passion for reading because I asked her family about the things that she used to, to like before she moved into care. And she was an avid reader. But she stopped reading uh, before she moved home, not because she couldn't read, but because the, the font uh, on the books at home were not big enough. And so it's a clear example about how something quite simple can actually enrich someone's life. And what I did after that is I actually printed a small paragraphs into big A3 size. Uh, for her to continue to enjoy. And then we will have a discussion about that paragraph. Um, and it was always just open questions. It was never about, um, you know, close questions that will make her feel frustrated about trying to overthink too much. So it was a really good practical example on how we changed the way that we supported people living in that memory care home. I love this example because the the, the, the couple of things there that are, are great is about the simple changes. Don't overcomplicate things, yeah. and that just that, that just just a larger font and that that simple change. But also that um, the beauty of recreation is that, that recreation isn't about making errors. It's about having fun and having an experience. Yeah. And reading the paragraphs in a larger font created yes. an experience for her that met that need of still being able to read without needing to read a whole book. Exactly. I love everything about that example. Yeah, yeah. and look, and it's, and it's um, uh, recreation is not just a recreational therapist job. It's actually everybody's job because when you think about the recreational therapist might be there only Monday to Friday, nine to five, but in the evening, I mean, I like to read something before I go to bed, right? Yeah. So if there's a caregiver around and they have copies of the favorite book or they can spend a couple of minutes with that person before they go to bed, um, wouldn't that be amazing? And it's so simple and it's so practical and anyone can do it. Yeah. So I guess, is there a practical example? I mean, that example leads into sort of my sort of next question, really. Is it an example of how you could support someone to main their connect, maintain their connection with their friends and family? You give the example of like, leaving either resources or something so that in the evenings mm. when families and friends visit, um, how they do that? Yep. Um, the biggest one is definitely keep, I mean, when I, when I come in from the point of view of residential age care is uh, keeping in touch with families, but also supporting the families to, to best communicate with them. Families sometimes, in my experience, um, they also need support about um, how can you make the most of the moment? 
And what I have done also previously is we we have created uh, with the team what we like to call memory boxes. And a memory box is just um, uh, a set of items that might be meaningful for the family and for the resident, but when they are together. So for example, when someone comes into the care home to visit them, they might read um, a book. So then they keep that copy of the book in that, in that box with the day that they enjoy that. They might, uh, they might be sharing a moment, then um, the family member will write that moment and then they will put it on the box. They might be looking at a painting or they might be looking at a photograph and then the photograph goes into that box. Um, for people that obviously can uh, openly express the feelings, it's more about supporting the families from the therapeutic recreation on uh, the meaningful moments the celebrations probably that they have been together and how the family can initiate the conversation in a way that might trigger some positive moments. Um, yeah, there is just, you know, so much opportunity in there, but also families do need the support. It's not that they, they, they can communicate, it's just that they need some tips on how they can make the most of that moment. So that's what I believe recreational therapists have um, so a lot of rich experience because they are so used to be engaging with residents on daily basis through meaningful experiences, through meaningful conversations, through finding those positive triggers. I like to call them positive triggers. Um, and then if we are able to share that with the families, then the relationship is beautiful. Invite the families to come over for celebrations, for events, uh, on the weekends, um, keep them posted, right? Um, yeah, it's just like, as it's so much opportunity. It's more about how we can all make it happen. Yeah, I love that. I think that's, a, that's providing practical and real ways and sometimes physical objects and things to do to support um, that connection and sense of belonging, both you know, with their family members and, and in that environment. I think those are really, really, really great examples. Thank you very much. I'll pass it back to Kathy to sign us off. Thank you. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, Orkidia. That was a really insightful and um, full of fantastic, good real-life examples, actually, which is what this um, podcast series is all about. Um, and making a building the sense of belonging in residential care is so important. And I just again want to thank you. So, um, thanks for tuning in today. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day. Mm -hmm.